0: From the twisted realm of science, and the darkest pits of reason, comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Poles Becoming Less Religious It's not always doom and gloom on this podcast. Sometimes there's a little good news that trickles my way, just in time to prevent me from believing that there's only evil in the world. It would appear that Catholicism is steadily eroding in Poland. A recent survey showed that roughly 70% of the population identified themselves as Catholic in the country. Now to us, this may seem unusually high, but that number is down from the 87% that identified As such, only a decade earlier. The main demographic to leave the church is, unsurprisingly, young people. A 2021 study by leading Polish pollster CBOS suggested the number of regularly practicing Catholic aged 18 to 25 fell by more than half in the previous six years. This is probably due to the fact that the church is heavily involved in politics, including being extremely close to the leading Law and Justice Party just the kind of fascist rhetoric that are a favorite of those professing the Nicene Creed. While they may have dominated for the last few years, young people are unresponsive to their outdated, sexist, and barbaric ideals. With an aging populace, they've been able to maintain their grip on power, though this is surely not to last. The next few decades will be interesting for Poland. As they begin to take a bigger role in European politics, Their exposure to new ideas are bound to continue to force the repressive religious taskmasters to the wayside. Here's hoping that they eventually cast off these sectarian shackles and dictate the future of their country free of the grip of Rome and its cronies. Soldiers of Christ arrested in alleged murder and torture scheme. Trust is something that must be earned with time. It must be awarded to people based on merit and nothing else. Unfortunately, religious people are often easily fooled, for when people cloak their intentions under the guise of spiritual enlightenment, they can easily override our instinct to reluctantly grant it. The results can often be tragic. In Gwinnett County, Georgia, the community is reeling from the harrowing details of the torture and death of a South Korean woman in the hands of a cult named the Soldiers of Christ, Following a tip-off from one of their cult members, now in custody, the body of Si he Cho was found in the trunk of her car. She was emaciated and starved to a paltry 70 pounds, and her body had been burned in an effort to conceal her identity. Details are still murky, but it appears that the matriarch of the family, Mi he Lee, had convinced the victim to immigrate to the United States. See, he thought she was joining a religious group on a mission, but their only goal was to extort her for money, beating and starving her in the process. After coercing her into wiring them thousands of dollars, the cult ultimately killed her and tried to conceal their crime. As the trial begins, I'm sure more horrifying details will emerge, and I'll be sure to keep you informed. One thing is for sure, though. As long as religion is granted their undeserved status and automatic trust, More tragedies of this kind are going to continue to occur. Churches forgiven for $8 billion in PPP loans. We'd all collectively like to forget the pandemic that ruined our lives for those murky years. Many businesses were shut down as a result, though it would have been undoubtedly worse had it not been for the Paycheck Protection Program loans, or PPP for short. This $800 billion injection to the economy allowed businesses to continue to have money for payroll, which kept many of them afloat. However, a total lack of oversight and the need for expediency meant that a huge amount of fraud occurred. The true scope is unknown, though there are estimates. The SBA's Inspector General has identified $78.1 billion in potential fraudulent economic injury disaster loans, another COVID relief program for business, the Secret Service has its own estimate of $100 billion. This basically implies that over 12% of all the money loaned was done so fraudulently, some having referred to the program as the biggest fraud in a generation. This was seen to be true were it not for the Panama Papers, which dwarfs this little scheme. Billions of dollars' worth of loans have since been forgiven so long as businesses were able to prove that the money had been used for legitimate businesses' expenses. Do you know who didn't have any proof of this? Churches. Among the organizations that received loans were both urban and rural churches, large and small. While it's true that some did pay them back, it's estimated that over $8 billion worth of loans have been forgiven so far. Let me remind you that not one of those organizations has ever paid the taxes that funded these loans in the first place. Ignoring the fact that their free ride actually ends up costing us money, now Americans are literally paying for religious institutions that would have otherwise thankfully closed. Drinking bleach is killing dumb Christians. Do you remember a few years ago during the height of the pandemic when the president and resident idiot-in-chief Donald Trump hinted that drinking bleach was a possible cure for this disease? For those of us not steeped in conspiracy theories, it seemed like it was plucked right out of his limited imagination. This is not the case. It turns out that it's a health fad that's been marketed for years in Christian circles, and it's killing them. It began over a decade ago when an ex-Scientologist named Jim Humble wrote a book claiming that he had unlocked the secret of a magical solution he called Miracle Mineral Solutions, or MMS for short. The formula is simple, consisting primarily of chlorine dioxide, which is the commercially available bleach used to clean pools and hot tubs. Some municipalities use it to treat their water, but to ensure that it is safe, it cannot exceed 10 parts per million. That's the equivalent of roughly one drop for every 50 liters of water. This miracle cure purports to treat illnesses such as cancer, leukemia, diabetes, AIDS, and a variety of other disorders. Instead of being sold as medicine, which would have put them immediately into the crosshairs of the Food and Drug Administration, they decided instead to market it as a religious sacrament to be taken as part of a healing ritual. Humble registered the Genesis II Church of Health and Healing, which anyone could be ordained in for the right price. He has since recanted his claims. There are certain times I have said some things that I probably should have said differently. For lack of a better way to express things in the past, or because others put words in my mouth in the past, I have stated that MMS cures most of all diseases. Today I say that MMS cures nothing. The damage has already been done, however. This miracle cure took on a life of its own, and since then, a number of people have been arrested for poisoning their flock. Recently, a family was found guilty in the state of Florida for selling their poison to desperate Americans. Mark Grennan, along with his three sons Jonathan, Jordan, and Joseph, were sentenced to 15 years in prison for selling MMS as a cure for COVID-19. The severity of the sentence was largely because of the desperation of their clientele, many of whom had refused the vaccine and were desperate for alternatives. With the cost of health care being out of range for most of the poor, this inexpensive solution was sold not as a medicine, but as donations, which also had the added benefit of avoiding pesky taxes. In total, these criminals sold more than $1 million worth of poison. Grennan's family's LinkedIn profile doesn't even try to hide the fact that they were selling an industrial bleach, although they prefer the more appetizing word, salt. Genesis II Church of Health and Healing was founded by Bishop Jim Humble in 2010 to bring simple and largely overlooked healing methodologies and a self-responsible approach to wellness to the world. The major breakthrough that leads to the necessity to create the church was the discovery that a commonly used mineral salt, sodium chloride, when properly activated, made the simple molecule chlorine dioxide available within the body when taken internally or applied topically. Chlorine dioxide is a unique weak oxidizer that eliminates many pathogens, including viruses, fungi, bacteria, and will break up toxins in the blood and deep tissues so they can be flushed out of the body. If you thought that this horror was confined only to Florida, you would be mistaken. A few days ago, a Calgary man named Pedro Acuna Severda was given a fine of $12,000, although a prison sentence would have been better, for operating as a branch of Genesis 2 Church selling this poison. In Argentina, a man by the name of Andreas Kackler was arrested in connection with the poisoning of a young child. His naive parents were convinced chlorine would somehow ward off COVID-19. He has since died. Now Cackler faces 25 years in jail. The fact that people are going to jail has only fueled the idea that all of this is a giant conspiracy against Humble's teachings, courtesy of the pharmaceutical industry, the favorite bugbear of QAnon believers. As with any belief that is challenged, the faithful are doubling down rather than accept the idea of being wrong, even at the cost of their own lives. What I find annoying is just how powerless and impotent the FDA and other government agencies around the world are when it comes to the sale of dangerous product under the guise of medicine. You can thank the cloak of religion for providing a workaround that has largely tied the hands of most regulatory bodies who shy away from the possibilities of offending the faithful. Just read this impotent-sounding letter the FDA sent Genesis 2 informing them that they needed to take down their product. Here's a sample. If you cannot complete corrective actions within 48 hours, state the reason for the delay and the time with which you will need to complete the corrections. If you believe that your products are not in violation of the F, D, and C Act, include your reasoning and any supporting information for our consideration. Keep in mind that this church had been exposed by the media over six years ago, but it took the government years to do anything about it. How many people died or became sick as a result? Considering how polite this letter was, the family probably thought that they would only get a slap on the wrist. They were wrong. If you want to lose all your faith in humanity, check out some of the comments in one of the videos exposing this dangerous product. After giving this to my brother having hepatitis C, the doctor in the VA, after testing his blood for ammonia levels, asked me what I was doing to him. His blood tests had come back as normal for the ammonia levels. They have been treating that with a drug called leukotose, which helped but didn't bring it to normal. I gave two drops twice a day for only two days, and this cleared it all out, and his thinking returned to normal. Thanks, Jim, and all. MMS saved my life. I didn't understand what it was. I was desperate after being diagnosed with COVID-19, and my medical doctor refused to prescribe medication. After being unable to move, severe pain, and having shallow breathing, I drank one bottle of MMS, and I was able to breathe and sit up. The following day, I was able to talk and walk. That is my testimony. The comments in any video that features MMS are typically overrun by these types of testimonials. Anecdotally, this can all sound pretty impressive to someone that's not familiar with the scientific method. In low dosages, it can be passed by the body fairly easily and act as a powerful placebo. I'm even willing to concede that for some people in Africa that have limited access to clean drinking water, The addition of this product might actually have some benefits. However, I can't help but stress that all of the criticisms levied against the government for prosecuting vengers ignores the fact that people are attempting to pass off medicine as a religious offering. Anything can be a poison, including water, if the dosages are too high. Add the fact that chlorine dioxide is extremely potent, and this is a recipe for disaster. If MMS does have some form of health benefits, there is nothing stopping their proponents from commissioning a scientific study to show its effectiveness. There are plenty of highly trained professionals that would love to get paid to research things. Science is not something that is controlled by powerful elite. Hell, it can even be done at home by amateurs, so long as they're using the principles outlined by the methodology of science. Findings must be challenged by others and stand up to scrutiny if it is to be given any credence to pretend that science is a domain of the rich and powerful only demonstrates how little these people understand it. Even with people being jailed or fined, it hasn't stopped the product from being marketed. Recently, Vice did a news segment on a pastor by the name of Joe Salant. He's selling this poison promising that it can cure autism. Surely a genetic disease needs only the introduction of a pool cleaner to magically disappear. Give the man a Nobel Prize already. Texas pastor impregnated girl he abused for years. It is undeniable that one of the major reasons for the prevalence of abuse in churches is due to the privileged status granted by religion. Anyone associated with a church is often seen in a trusting light, even when this trust is unwarranted. This guarantees an innumerable amount of tragedy, a a fact we are regularly reminded of on a daily basis. Just a few days ago, Pastor Robert L. Carter was arrested in Houston. His crime? Over the span of a decade, he repeatedly raped one of his parishioners, beginning his assault when she was only six years old. The abuse was almost a daily occurrence, ending only when the victim decided that the abuse had to stop. This was three years after she had given birth to a child she was forced to give away. The victim is now damaged for life and is fighting to get custody of a child that was wrongly taken from her. This will no doubt add to this tragedy, with a new family being torn apart to undo past wrongs. With all of these lives destroyed, you would think that perhaps a little self-reflection had occurred. You would be wrong. Rather than take responsibility for his crimes and for destroying multiple lives, Carter is quick to blame his monstrous deeds on outside forces beyond his control. I need you to understand that this is not about my flesh because my flesh caused me to do things I would not do. Evil is always present because I'm in my flesh. Your flesh will send you right to hell. Your flesh will get you in trouble. What a load of utter nonsense straight from the mouth of a deeply troubled individual that barely qualifies as human. This gobbledygook might mean something to the faithful, but when someone not beholden to this word salad hears it, they see it only as a disgusting omission of responsibility. So long as religion continues to give low-life scum like Carter a safe place to operate, these tragedies will continue to be a daily occurrence. Gambian women face renewed threat of FGM. In 2015, Gambia did something that few African countries dared. They banned female genital mutilation, or FGM. The penalty for mutilating young women is up to three years in jail and a fine of no less than $700 USD, which is a substantial sum there. Recently, politicians, along with religious leaders, are demanding that it be decriminalized. Muslim imams have been fighting to reinstate the barbaric practice, ...claiming that the law is un-Islamic. One imam named Fadi recently paid the fines of three women that had been found guilty... ...effectively telling others in the community that anyone caught destroying the reproductive organs of young women would be helped. We want to tell them that anybody who blew the whistle on these women and who arrested them... ...and the magistrate who sentenced them and any other person who supported them... ...we will curse them until we leave this world to ensure that Allah destroys them... We will deter others. We don't want violence, but enough is enough. Let us stop provoking and offending each other. We should follow the commands of Prophet Muhammad. Instead, they are fighting Islam, but Allah would be the judge. To be clear, FGM, which is mainly practiced in African countries, is never mentioned in any Islamic doctrine. Its origins date back thousands of years when it was forced upon Egyptian slaves to ensure their fidelity. It has since evolved into a ritual designed to forever destroy the ability for women to enjoy sex. Instead, procreation is to be forever painful and associated with shame, just the way religions like it. Islam's perpetual fear of the opposite sex is evident in how every restrictive and sexist practice is enthusiastically adopted by the faith. The abuse of women in Islam go together like peanut butter and jelly. It's a match made in heaven. How women can not only tolerate, but actively participate in this murderous cult is beyond me, and will remain one of the greatest tragedies of existence. Sweden rocked by terrorist attack. It began with a football match. Belgium had come to challenge their Swedish rivals, and the stadium was packed with fans eager to cheer on their teams, and by all accounts it was turning out to be a beautiful day. Arriving a little late to the game, a few stragglers were making their way inside the building when a bearded man approached and opened fire on them, killing two and seriously injuring a third. He then sped away in his moped. Unsure if there were more, and if this was part of a larger attack, the match was suspended, with the players going back to their locker rooms, and the terrified audience told to wait rather than flee chaotically and add to the confusion. For agonizing hours, these spectators were held captive until finally near the stroke of midnight, they were allowed to leave. A video had made its way to social media with a suspect releasing a statement claiming to have killed others and crediting his murderous act on his beloved religion of Islam. The Tunisian man had been living in the country illegally, his request for asylum having been denied in 2020. Keep in mind that the country is not a troubled spot, and has accepted almost 10,000 asylum seekers themselves from other african countries. While the country still reels from the shock, fears in the country are at an all-time high. There are concerns that others may try to mimic the act, especially with pro-palestinian demonstrations happening throughout the country. It's a tense time, and no doubt that the political repercussions of this act will be felt not only in Sweden, but other European countries that realize that there are real dangers, of violent spillover as the conflict between Israel and Palestine continues to escalate. Bangladeshi atheist blogger on the run. Islam has to be the most insecure faith in the world. Ever since its invention, a strange mixture of religious plagiarism and local superstition, believers have had a murderous hatred of anyone that chooses to abandon it, Christianity has long since abandoned the physical component of crusades, but Islam simply cannot transition away from this tradition. Any threat made against someone must be taken seriously. Salman Rushdie learned recently that one must always remain vigilant, as the murderous intent of the faithful never fades. Rushdie is not the only target of Islamic ire. The perpetual and disturbing harassment of atheist blogger Asad Noor has forced the Bangladeshi man to flee to India after a number of threats to his life were made. He was being harassed not only by the locals, but also by his own religious government, who appears to want to put him behind bars for blasphemy. Local police raided the blogger's house in Amati village in the southern Barguna district in the dead of night on the 14th of July, 2020, hounding his parents when they couldn't find him. Police raided their house again on July 16th. On the 18th of July, in the early morning, the police raided the house again and detained Assad's father, his mother, and two other relatives without any formal charges or warrant. The local police kept the family members in detention for 40 hours before releasing them. now lives anonymously in India, no doubt looking over his shoulder in fear every day, wondering when some brainwashed maniac will strike either him or one of his family members. Muslim believers are upset that he has not only abandoned the faith, but dares to encourage others to do so. Two of his fellow countrymen, Bijoy Hossein Tanil and Farhan Chudhuri, living in comfort in both Paris and the UK, have gained notoriety after they released, and subsequently deleted, social media videos calling on his execution. Since both live in countries which allow freedom of expression, they have not been jailed, though I would not be surprised if authorities now have them in their sights. Personally, I believe that religiously motivated threats should be taken as seriously as school shootings. In fact, I would not be opposed to the deportation of anyone who encourages the murder of others, especially if these threats are religiously motivated. Keep in mind that religions are also political organizations, and a call to action is akin to a declaration of war. People take religion as seriously as they take their patriotic duty, And so, despite being a free speech purist, I believe an exception must be made in the cases of religion, where words carry with them the power to activate the zealotry of their flock. The West cannot afford to remain complacent on the threat to civilization that Islam poses. So long as Muslim fundamentalists continue to threaten people or openly attack them at peaceful venues, they will continue to be a threat to the values and ideals of a free and open society." Taliban refuses to let women be rescued from earthquake. A few days ago, a terrible earthquake rocked Afghanistan. It measured 6.3 on the Richter scale, which did a tremendous amount of damage in a country already devastated by war. Since the country is now run by the Taliban, rescue efforts were almost non existent, with the fundamentalist organizations showing up in the affected areas hours after the quake. For two or three hours after the earthquake, there was no information or accurate news, said Rashid Azimi, a local aid coordinator not connected to the Taliban government, adding that it was only the local resident themselves who carried out help when no one else was available for support. The quake happened during the afternoon, when the men were off tending to their daily chores. This meant that the majority of victims were almost exclusively women and children, who were forced to stay inside the home and away from the prying eyes of others. To make matters worse, when people attempted to help those trapped under the rubble, they were greeted by armed Taliban soldiers that forbade them from helping, since strange men are not allowed to touch any women. According to Miriam, it was not difficult for local people to save the women, but some armed Taliban who were there were not allowing them to go near the women. The Taliban did not allow women to visit these areas for the first two or three days of the earthquake so that the men and women could not be gathered there. So, to recap... The corrupt and pathetic Afghani-theocratic government was not only terribly slow to react to a disaster, they also actively prevented women and children from being saved, and they hurriedly buried the bodies without ceremonies so the whole incident could be quietly forgotten. The reaction from Western governments has been mixed. While there are attempts to help the victims, it's believed that any aid sent to the country would most likely be appropriated by the Taliban, and it's doubtful that any would make their way to those in need. The country is already under heavy sanctions, which has aggravated the situation. The truth is that very little can be done so long as religious tyrants continue to exert their theocratic control. I don't foresee this changing anytime soon. Well, with that, that's our show. Have a great evening. Stay, everybody. ¶¶